Hey, one more thing before you go. In this episode, the origins of Father's Day, a little history, and some special guests that are near and dear to my heart, sharing some memories, hopefully to incite some of your own. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. I'm here with my lovely co-host and wife, Diane. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go over the Teacup Sunday and Father's Day 2022. According to the History Channel, the campaign to celebrate the nation's fathers did not meet with the same enthusiasm as Mother's Day, perhaps because, as one florist explained, fathers haven't the same sentiment appeal that mothers have. I disagree. I am a father. But here we are, June 17, 2022, and we're about to celebrate another Father's Day to every one of you fathers out there, which I'm told there are about 70 million of us or more here in the United States. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Father's Day and hear from some very special people in my life, as well as to share this day with you. Our guests today on Over the Teacup Sunday with Michael and Diane are our kids, Caitlin Hurst and Nicole Hurst. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. I don't have to give you a big introduction other than I'm very, very proud of my daughters. Uh, they both live in California. They both live a very productive life, and uh, they contribute to society with a, uh, a wonderful aspect of creativity, entertainment, love, compassion, humanity, and uh, I love them very much. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, so welcome to the show. Father's Day is a very important day in our lives, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my my father, um, my stepfather, and Diane's going to talk about her father and her stepfather, and uh, obviously the girls. You guys can talk about luckily uh, your dad, <laughs> and then uh, the grandfathers in your lives that uh, were both blood and step grandfathers. Um, because I think that uh, uh, it's important to share that uh, we don't always have to be blood to be family. So let's kind of share a little bit about our lives so that we can help others appreciate um, who they have within their lives. So welcome to uh, the Father's Day special. And when did Father's Day start? Because we talked about when Mother's Day started and how it became or how it, how it came to be. How did Father's Day come to be? On this day, July 5th, 1908, a West Virginia church sponsored the nation's first event explicitly in honor of fathers, a Sunday sermon in memory of the 362 men who had died in the previous December's explosions at the Fairmont Coal Company, Monanga Mine. It's in the same area of Marion County where I actually was born. But it was a one-time commemoration and not an annual holiday. The next year, a Spokane, Washington woman named Sonora Smart Dodd, one of six children raised by a widower, tried to establish an official equivalent to Mother's Day for male parents. Wonderful woman. 
She spent she went to local churches, the YMCA, shopkeepers, and government officials to drum up support for her idea, and she was successful. Washington State celebrated the nation's first statewide Father's Day on June 19, 1910. It was not until 1972, 58 years later, after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, that the day honoring fathers became a nationwide holiday in the United States. Father's Day 2022 will occur on Sunday, June 19th. That's today. Diane, tell me a little bit about your father. Well, um, my dad was great. Diane, mom, right? Well, you're Diane and your mom, so. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) So um, my dad was great. He was, um, he passed away a little over four years ago, unfortunately. Um, He um, wasn't really in my life. Uh, My parents divorced when I was pretty young. I was nine, 10 years old. but he was always there, you know, like I, anytime I needed anything, he was there and, and I could call him whenever I wanted to. So, um, but he did live, he didn't live in the same town we did. So it was a little bit of a trip to go see him, but I saw him often when I was growing up. And then, um, uh, you know, when he got sick, um, we had moved from Colorado where he lived, we moved to Arizona and he was there um, basically by himself. I mean, he had a couple of friends, but he didn't have really any family there after we moved. And he was there, um, probably 10 years, 11 years after we moved down here and he really started needing help. So when we moved him down here with us and, um, I was really glad to get to spend, you know, the last 18 months of his life with him because it was probably the most I'd really been around him solid my whole life. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was necessary. It was, I'm appreciative of that time with him. And he, uh, he was, he was a very, um, solitary person. He wasn't much of a, he didn't like crowds. He really didn't enjoy being around people. He wasn't sociable really. He wasn't, um, he just liked what he liked. He liked his cigars. He liked his having a beer, he liked watching TV and very simple. He was, he was just, that's what he liked. That's the way he was. And that's great. Um, so seeing him and being with him every day for 18 months was a a change for both of us, but I'm very appreciative of that. And then, um, my stepdad, um, Denny, who, um, I've known since I was 11. Um, he's still with us. Thank goodness. And, alive and kicking and as ornery as he ever has been. And, um, he pretty much really helped raise me. Um, you know, cause my, like I said, my dad wasn't really nearby. And so I lived with him and mom until I graduated high school and moved away. And so we talked to him every week and I'm just really, really grateful to have him have had him in my life and still have him in my life. And, um, you know, he's the best. He's, he's my dad. So, and he's, you know, he's literally going to be, uh, he's turning 79, 79 next week. Yeah. And you girls, yeah. you girls 
Well, you've never known, you've known your grandpa on your mother's side, obviously, uh, Grandpa Dave, and then you've also grown up with Grandpa Danny. So you had the benefit of having um, two grandpas from the same side because uh, both my father and my stepfather, you had, my stepfather, you had him for a little while as a grandfather, but uh, you had the benefit uh, of a, a father and a, and a, I mean, excuse me, a grandfather and a step-grandfather. So, um, would you, you know, tell me your thoughts on, on Grandpa Dave and Grandpa Denny in your life. Should I go first? Sure. I'll go first. You're, you're the first daughter, so go ahead. <laughs> daughter, daughter number, number one. one. <laughs> Whoa, that was at the same time. <laughs> um, uh, well, I was going to say the same thing about Grandpa Denny, that he's ornery as ever. I was literally going to say those exact words. Um, yeah. He's he is ornery. <laughs> um, but we, de- think, we lived I think cl- Henri's his middle name. It has to be. Um, <laughs> but we lived, we lived closer to Grandpa Dave when we were growing up. So we were there more often than with Grandpa Denny. Um, so we were there for holidays and just weekends we would go and we would, you know, Nikki and I would go out in the backyard and we'd play games and, um, you know, it was um, kind of, he kind of let us just be independent and that was nice. Um, and I feel like I got a lot of my personality traits kind of from him because I'm a little reclusive and I don't really like socializing with people and I like what I like, like you said before, mom. Um, that's the Scottish wow, and you know, Irish in you. <laughs> yeah. I, that's really interesting. You say that I never made that connection before, but you're right. Wow. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm realizing that I have a lot more of him than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, uh, you know, personality things and, you know, even mental health things potentially. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that it's just no. something that, um, I'm realizing that I've probably inherited a bit from him and I never thought about before. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what it felt like, you know, being closer to him. We were, we were there more often, but it did make going to visit grandpa Denny more special, I guess, because it was more of a trip and we would be there for longer because of that. Lived um, up in the and it was. We need to clarify. They lived yeah. up in the mountains about two and a half hours from where we lived. Yeah. So it was, we would always, it was more of a trip there. And so we would stay there longer and it was, um, I don't know. It was just a little, it felt like more of a vacation than just a, a barbecue. So. Right. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Nicole. Okay, so Grandpa Dave, um, I... The, the biggest things that I pick out from my childhood with him are, you know, going to his house and watching football and smelling his cigars. And there was like, I, I there was always like Canada dry stocked in his fridge, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. And uh, yeah, like Katie said, we'd be, we'd be playing in the yard or we'd be playing like board games or whatever in another room. Um, but he always gave the best hugs, like, he would squeeze you until you couldn't breathe and um even even up until like his last few months he was still giving really great hugs um i had moved in with my parents um maybe like two or three months before he passed um to help out and everything so it was it was pretty hard to see him kind of um go down with his memory and his um physicality and everything so that was that was hard but 
I learned a lot about him when I was there, like stuff that I, I probably wouldn't have known if I hadn't moved in, but, um, and it was Dave, great. And your he grandpa had, sweet. I'm sorry, Nikki, your grandpa had Louis body dementia before yeah. he died. I just need to clarify that. That's the reason of the deterioration. Yeah. Um, and, uh, grandpa Denny, um, <laughs> he is one of my best friends. He is, <laughs> so fun and he cares so much and I love talking to him I love seeing him um Katie got her traits from Grandpa Dave but I definitely got mine from Grandpa Denny you know we're sociable and we make jokes and um we you know we just we act like kids um when we're around each other and it, you know that's grandma true. rolls her eyes that's, and stuff but that's very <laughs> true. yeah I'm just uh I yeah I love him to death and um, yeah, those, those are my grandparents or my grandpas. <laughs> well, in, let me on your mom's here. side, on your mom's side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I do think I, I forgot too, that Nikki mentioned the ginger ales and I'm like addicted to ginger ale now. And yeah, we always had, what funny. was it? Was it you'll play yogurt? You'll play yogurt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we I don't like that anymore. We would go straight to the fridge and get a ginger ale and a yo yeah. and then we would go then, play like cartoon tag in the yard or something. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I want to say too, like with, uh, he kind of got us into reading, like with Dr. Seuss, he had all those Dr. Seuss books and he got us um, into technology when we were younger. He bought us computers all the time and that's how I feel like we um, learned a lot because of the technology that he would kind of give us and he would buy us the um like the whatever fifth grade adventures, third grade adventures games that we oh, grew yeah, up on. Yeah. And I think that that helped us um, develop into the millennials that we are. <laughs> so for sure. Defining yeah, the millennials. Yeah. <laughs> have to have to give him credit for that. <laughs> oh, so yeah. true. No, that's good. And then gra that. and Grandpa Danny, you know, took you guys fishing and uh, yeah, hiking. Yeah, fish. Like the, the time... The time he sent sledding. you home. Oh my goodness, sledding. <laughs> sledding. Ooh. And the time Grandpa Where Danny sent you died. home with a bag full of bones. <laughs> yeah. That was Nikki, not me. Yeah. yeah we, uh, not me. We found uh, animal bones of some kind on a mountainside and we grabbed a trash bag and collected them. And <laughs> I have no idea why I thought it was cool. I don't yeah. know. Let me tell you about my dad. You girls did not get to meet... Um, grandpa uh, Ray and uh, I lost him at a very early age and because I had lost him at a very early age it was very difficult um, for me growing up you know because I remember some early childhood memories but as most of you know there were some issues within uh, my part of the family during that time period and uh, he ended up uh, dying early of esophageal cancer and cirrhosis of the liver but I have many many good memories as a child with him where he I uh, used to uh, take me to the newsroom every day, and um, I kind of grew up in the newsroom. So it got me really interested in, uh, number one, um, learning about the world through the news, understanding news, understanding reporting. I used to go with him on uh, calls when he'd get a call out for something like a crime scene or a train derailment or a car accident or something, which I think kind of gave me the inclination of um, wanting to uh, be a cop. I think they kind of contributed a little bit to that uh, because I, from that perspective, I wanted to be an investigator and not necessarily a reporter, but an investigator. He always wanted to be a reporter. 
um, that he allowed me to uh, kind of explore that option from that perspective. He always taught me uh, the importance of, uh, for example, uh, using a typewriter and learning to type, which I helped you girls with, both of you guys. Um, nurtured you in, in regard to uh, learning how to type at a very young age, which uh, I think helped you along as well. And, um, you know, he was really, really um, compassionate individual, and, you know, uh, I miss him very much. So um, I, want, I won't say I had the... Uh, I wish he would have been there for you girls. I wish he would have been here to see his grandchildren, his granddaughters, and to kind of grow with that. I hoping that he's looking from the great beyond and he's kind of keeping an eye on you and kind of going from, from that perspective. But I also, like Diane did, had the pleasure of uh, and the honor of having a stepfather that uh, proved to me that you don't have to be blood to be family. Um, Burl, uh, you girls know his grandpa Burl. Uh, I know him as Pop. Uh, he came into my life at a very young age. I think I first met him when I was about 16 years old and my mother... Your grandmother married him um, when I was seventeen or eighteen, and uh, he was my grand. He was my stepfather for a number of years before he passed away. I and I forgive me for rem not remembering this, but I think it was two thousand one. Mm -hmm. April two thousand one. April two thousand one. So you know, I had him as a stepfather from uh, probably nineteen seventy six, seventy seven, until two thousand one, and he died of cancer. But Burl. Um, he was, he was an individual that, uh, he was a big Irishman and, uh, he had a big belly, which, <laughs> uh, my favorite memories of him are coming in to pick you guys up when you guys used to stay there was you guys passed out one in each arm and, uh, yeah. around his belly and watching, uh, Jeopardy and, uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. I don't know if you guys yep. remember that or not, but <laughs> that was one of my favorite memories. Every time I'd come in, he'd have both yep. of you guys. You know, sleeping, especially Nikki, sleeping. You know, with him. And well, when they were when they were little tiny babies, they would just fall asleep on his big belly, and we have a picture somewhere of yeah of them sleeping on his belly. It was like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of fun. This is cool. So um, I had the honor of having uh, two people in my life that were uh, father figures to me, and you know, I grew to have uh, uh, Dave, your grandpa Dave, and uh, Grandpa Denny. Uh, they're father figures to me now, and I treat them and I respect them both as fathers in my life. And even though they're father-in-laws, um, you know, uh, they were in my life longer than my father, actually. Um, David, for... Well, you took, you, you took care of dad. Yeah, I, took care, of, I, I mean, took care of your dad. You were, you were a, bit, a main caretaker because I had to work. So, you know, you, you took care of him as mm -hmm. if he was your father. I did, and uh, same thing with um, you know with with uh, Danny. I'm I'm obviously not taking care of him right now, but you know he's been my father figure for thirty three years. You know, going on thirty three years. So you know I respect both of them. I love both of them as my father, and uh, I've had the honor of having four fathers in my life. And yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. I almost got yeah. emotional there. Very, very grateful for that. So, yes. Thank you for letting me talk about that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, anyway. getting into that, now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, except I'm wearing makeup and it will run and it won't be pretty. Um, so, what do you think 
makes a good father? Well, you know, in in my personal life and as well as my career, um, you know, it brought me in in contact with a lot of different fathers working in domestic violence task force for a number of years, um, being a police officer in general. Um, it brought me into uh, an environment where I got to see what were good fathers and what were bad fathers. Um, yeah. I think a father needs to be a person that uh, pays attention to their children. I think a father needs to be there for their children um, no matter what and to love them no matter what. I think that a father needs to take an active participation in helping raise their kids, whether they be daughters or sons or whatever gender they decide that they feel they need they, they need to, to be. Um, I think they need to support them and love them and nurture them, teach them, be a uh, uh, support for them as they grow older. I think that they need to stay part of their lives from the time that they're born until, until we as a father pass on. Um, I think that's what a father needs to be, and I think that they need to take, make sure that they know that they're, make sure that their kids know that they're an active part of their lives. Absolutely. That's and even when they might have, you know, family issues that maybe have some, uh, you know, trouble between the parents and the mom maybe doesn't give the dad the opportunity, they still need to make step all up. the effort they can to step in and, and know that they're, so their kids know that they yeah. are there for them, even if the mother is not being very kind about it. I agree. And unfortunately, that happens more often than. And to piggyback off of what dad said, um, uh, every single morning, most mornings, like 99% of the time, um, my dad texts me, good morning, I hope you have a good day and I love you, mm -hmm. <laughs> which yep. not a lot of people get. And um, it always just, it always puts a smile on my face and I know that I can get through the day because I know that I have a supportive dad who will be there for anything. And most of the time, most days, I will text him needing something, even though I'm almost 30. <laughs> As, I, yeah, I digress. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I definitely wanted to shout that out and let everyone know that, that that's the kind of dad he is. Well, thank you. Aw. Thank you very much. Well, what, what um, for both of you girls, what is your favorite memory of your dad? Oh, since it was on Nikki, I thought she'd go first. Oh, it's um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. Um, I remember always going to the movies, and um, while you still like when you could, we went all the way to the very back row, and we would sit on the very top of the seats. I don't, I don't know why we did that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was always fun to just be at the very back, and um, we'd go to movies all the time, but. Um, I also loved going mini golfing and I think that's mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of good memories there just it was just something we did it was just really fun that um it was after you retired that we you made sure to always take us out places so we would always go do something every weekend um we'd go to the movies or go to mini golf or go bowling and usually it was, we picked mini golf and I think that's led into why we now play mini golf in VR which is great because yep. yep. <laughs> we can play mini golf in our living rooms from different states mm -hmm. which is so fun um so yeah i think just always going out and and doing stuff every weekend movies and mini golf that's my favorite 
that yeah. works. I forgot yeah. about you guys sitting on top of the seats. I think it's because <laughs> you guys were so tiny. You were so short. Probably. You know, and that was really kind of before stadium seating was a thing in the movie theaters. I that's think. true. So that's yeah, yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell the movie theaters we did that. Well, they, I don't know if they the people that own those movie theaters are probably long gone. <laughs> They're probably long gone. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as a kid, uh, like Katie said, um, he always made sure we had something to do during the day. And if we were just, you know, pent up in the house and it's summer vacation and we just needed to get out, like, like she said, we were go mini golfing or bowling or something. Um, but actually, as an adult, and this happened literally less than two months ago, um, mom and dad came out to see us, and we all went to Disneyland. And <laughs> my dad is rightfully um, obsessed with Star Wars, and him walking into the Star Wars land, I, I can never pronounce it, but Batu? Batu. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, him walking into there and seeing everything and the smile on his face like he was a five-year-old um mm -hmm. was just so it was magical <laughs> yep yep that was that was great okay i remembered a good memory and that was when you were you were actually doing dispatch and um so it was after you were hurt, but you were still working and you were doing dispatch and we went and visited you and brought you dinner or something. And I wanted to stay and I wanted to see what it was like. And so Nikki and mom went home and I stayed in the 911 call area with you. And I got to watch all the, the papers being printed and the calls coming in. Fortunately, there was nothing too serious. It was just people just needing a little bit of help, but it wasn't anything serious. Um, so that was a that was actually really fun. It sticks out to me because I, I don't know, I felt really cool and I felt like, uh, like I was in a TV show or something. It was neat. <laughs> and then I think, I don't know if it was the same night. It might have been, but we should, I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, this can be in the, in the bonus features. <laughs> um, there was a, a night where you were driving the I think it was the Jeep and it was a stick shift and you were driving and I, you let me do the shifting. And I was like a child, so I should not have been doing that. But it was really fun. <laughs> oh, uh -oh. That'll have, yeah, that'll have to be in the, uh, yeah, that'll definitely have to be in the, the bonus section. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was so fun. for the cop, Dad. Uh, I mean, we made it home, and I obviously was pretty good at it. I could never do it now, but. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I forgot about and why, that. why were you doing that? Was, were you, was your, were you having trouble with your shoulder or something? No, nope, he just let me do it. I wanted to do it. <laughs> I, My daughter just wants for, to do it. She's just for the just record, I had full I don't care. I had full control of the vehicle, just for the record. She, yeah, she we were you know, fine. I, we did a great I, job, oh. in fact. I had the steering wheel. I had the brake. I had the, the gas. Everything was hunky-dory. That, that was in our Jeep, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was in our Jeep that going was, home. Yeah, you were young then. Yeah. Yep. That was the Jeep. That was the Jeep we bought when we found out we were pregnant with you. How with, old with was Nicole. she when yeah. this happened? I was like seven. Oh my god! Did you not tell me this? <laughs> it was really you must fun. Have you must this have was a secret me. we were supposed to take to your graves. So that was a daddy daughter <laughs> yeah. secret. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was fun. I said I shouldn't oh probably god. say it, but you know. Uh, it makes it, for a good statute of limitations. They can't get you. 
That's right. Statue we were fine. Is up. We're we're good. We're here. We made it. We made it. She, she learned to halfway drive a stick shift. Yeah. Which Half- she couldn't again. do now if she tried. Nope. So that's fine. I was better at it when I was seven, so. <laughs> there you go. That's okay. Nobody, no millennial can drive a stick shift. No. That's true. I, would, I mean, I, would if, doubt. I mean, maybe there are. If you want to keep your car from being are. stolen, buy a stick shift these days. Right. Buy a stick shift so that... I do worry about zombie apocalypse, though. You worry about what? I'm worried about the zombie apocalypse. Like, if there's a car next to you, but the only car is a stick shift, then, like, what are you going to do? Put it in first gear and just drive. You're going to get eaten by a zombie. Or eaten. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay, cool. (laughs) Michael? I'm back. (laughs) Like, you forget I'm on the, I'm the, I'm, the, the anxious I'm you. the chief uh what do you call it the the cook the the bus boy the fry cook the bus boy and the uh chief bottle washer here at the the board the so show. I, yeah <laughs> uh well thank you for those memories girls I remember all of those things I remember going to the renaissance festival with you guys and walking around with uh big turkey legs and um trying to especially you guys real little Trying to carry the turkey legs around and eat them, I thought was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I love the, the roller skating, the roller skating birthday oh, yeah. parties. Yeah, um, going to the uh, uh, dance recitals. Uh, the dance recitals. I loved the shows. The, I was one of the yeah. proud, proud dads standing up oh, there yeah. screaming and hollering and yelling. And you were and in it da- too, and you were Drosselmeyer. I was Drosselmeyer with you guys. And Elvis. And Elvis. Yeah. On stage in I front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, Dad sang all of the Elvis songs live while we all danced to them. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. And Drosselmeyer was fun. Three, what did I do that? Yeah. Three times or four times? Yeah, I don't Something. know. Well, one of the times I was Sarah, <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, yeah. so we, we had that a lot of fun really with cool. that kind of stuff. I enjoy, yeah. I, you know, I enjoyed even trying to uh, trying to play soccer with you guys. You know, that was yeah. a lot of fun going to your soccer games. And, you know, I tried to make sure that I could, uh, I tried to make sure to attend everything with you, with you guys. I, I loved trying to make, other than the times that I got called out, of course. Do you guys remember the time I was up in the balcony filming one of your plays and they had to put a ladder up and get me down because I got called out? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember that. I, I was too young. <laughs> yeah, I got called out yeah. for a bike. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I called out for a yeah. bank robbery and uh, had to, uh, yeah. Which I, I guess I, I should ask you guys, or what, what what was it like growing up with a, uh, a father as a law enforcement officer? Did that impede you in any way? Did that did that create better people for you? Tell me your experience with growing up with a father as a cop, as five O. I used to make it an excuse to uh, not have boys tease me and pick on me. I'd say, my daddy is a cop and he'll arrest you. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, uh, I would, if they would tease me on the playground or try to be annoying, I would show them like the, the arrest moves with like the elbow, like nerve and um, like the neck nerve. And I'd be like, leave me alone. And then they did. And I never had a boyfriend until I was like 16. So and then, <laughs> there's and that. <laughs> And then your first date, uh, your uh, godfather, John, in his patrol car, drove alongside the pickup truck as you were leaving town. 
Right. And of course, I didn't know that at the time. So yeah, to make that didn't sure. <laughs> have any effect on me at the time. And that boy is now gay. So there's that. <laughs> that was not him. John and I's fault. That yeah. Was two out of him. four boyfriends I've ever had were are gay. So I don't know. Very... Did it have an effect? I don't know. I don't know. It probably did. Maybe, maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. That's a whole nother episode. It's, it's a, a whole nother episode. It is. It's yep. pretty funny. Hmm. <laughs> How about you, Nick? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I was pretty young when you were a cop, so I don't remember um, much of you being gone and not seeing you. But um, I don't relate to Katie because I was boy crazy. Um, I still am, unfortunately. Um, but... I definitely was a goody-goody, like in high school. Um, I was always the one that said, we need to follow the rules and (laughs) you shouldn't be cussing. And why are you, you know, doing adult things and drinking and stuff? Um, And it just made me, I didn't have the best time in high school. But I do appreciate um, the fact that I do have like a moral compass and um, I care about what's happening in the world and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of good and bad things, but mostly good. (laughs) So in a, in a, in a more negative way, I do think that it also created a general anxiety that, um, I kind of, I've been talking to a therapist lately about those types of things that created, um, fears and phobias of like, leaving the house and not being safe and thinking that something's going to happen. And um, just because we, we, we ended up having to go to the hospital a lot to see you after you dad, um, after you would get into, you know, a fight or, you know, you'd get almost stabbed or you got hurt. And I think that it created a lot of phobias as a kid that I didn't acknowledge until I'm now 31. That. um, probably affected me a little bit more than I ever knew and created a bit of um, anxiety, a general anxiety of like, you know, am I going to get murdered? Am I going to get kidnapped? Am I going to get, you know, bad guys are everywhere. That was just kind of what we grew up with was thinking bad guys were everywhere. So in a, in a not so good way, I do think that that also created a bit of those phobias. Um, But in a, in a positive way from that, it did create a sense of um, hyper-awareness and always being aware of surroundings. And, um, you know, I do think that it keeps us more safe than afraid. So. Yeah. The, the defensive driving you taught us has saved, um, saved me many a time because I'm always, always looking and people in California are not terrible. Yeah, yeah, Arizona too. Arizona too, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, well, even, even I have your dad's voice in my head as I'm driving to work every day. Um, yeah, I, it's just automatic. I hear him yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry about the anxiety, Katie. Uh, my apologies for that. That you that's had to go okay. That. I that's never, not. I know you don't need to. Would have thought of that. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, it's, that's it okay. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to apologize. Obviously, that's just something that uh, it just—it was, it was part know, of life at the, the time. And that obviously, my, you got hurt. That was my job, and, you, and... yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and you did get hurt, and oh. it did affect us. So I think that that just you know created that. 
And I, I think um, what I remember is when you were younger, um, and especially with you, Caitlin, right around the time, I don't know what happened, but the rash of like nationally known kidnappings took place. And a lot of them were like, like your age. And I mean, that gave me anxiety as a mom. It's like, what is happening in the world? Now, I don't know if it was just that we were in an age of media at the time where everything was, you know, you could find things out 24 seven where you didn't usually hear that before. Um, but it just, that's, that's what I remember. I, I understand about the anxiety thing. Cause it just seemed like a lot of that was happening right around that time. So, yeah, I mean, I, totally I mean, in John Bonet, like the whole John right. Bonet thing, like you were the, she was you were my age. age like, when that happened. Yep. Yep. And then we were in the same state. And in the same state. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to that, but I do think that constantly having to go to the hospital for dad almost dying was had definitely had an effect on me, I think. Um, it's but, really interesting. You know, I must have working through it. some things. I don't remember going that often. Did we really? I mean, it, it, when I was a kid, like that was like f at least there four times, times that I can remember. Yeah. yeah. I went oh. there for, so yeah, I went there about four times. We have and, the tough then, conversations on one more thing before you go podcast. Honest and open <laughs> conversations about one more thing before you go. And that, and that brings us to the, the, of where I got injured. Yeah. So what was it like for you girls when he uh, did get hurt and then had a disability? Well, it, it, yeah, the, it, yeah. Where it forced me to retire because of that, it created an environment for, yeah. Um, I've worked through a portion of it, but yeah. Well, yeah. So what was, well, what was it like? Um, How did that change for you I guys? I mean, it, I think we had to grow up kind of fast because we had to take care of you. And, um, I don't think it's, like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, you still gave us a childhood. You still made sure we had, you know, activities and dance and, and, you know, we were really you were good with uh, schooling and, um, you know, fun stuff. And we would, you know, we went out all the time and always did stuff. So we still had a very good childhood, but I do think that it helped us. Um, we had to become caretakers at like the age of 10. So that's, uh, that definitely has an effect on, on a child. But, um, you know, because of that, I do think that I have a good sense of how to be empathetic to people and, um, how to be open to people's experiences. And I understand that people may not know what other people are going through at any time. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's a lot of people do not um, have that capacity to understand that we don't understand what people go through. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that we have that, that understanding of um, a perspective. Yeah, I'm grateful that we have that perspective. Very good. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it was really great having him at home all the time, um, you know, taking us to and from school and, and cooking us dinner and hanging out with us, taking us out, you know. Um, it was really great because obviously the first six or seven years of my life, he was a cop. So, we, you know, I, they were they were missing times. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely – like Katie said, it, it made us grow up a little faster. It's for me, the hardest thing is seeing you in this state 
and um like there you got really really bad at some point not your fault medical stuff um you know medicine stuff like that um but you got really bad to a point and it was really hard seeing you like that and even now just you know it's it's hard to see your dad like that um but it's you you've trucked through it and you've been really brave and you you know don't don't show it that you're in pain or that you're having issues or whatever and it it helps me with my disease and it helps me with my pain um you know just to keep going and still still be a good person and put a smile on people's faces and never give up never give up and i have a yeah in a positive way, you were always able to go on field trips, you got to, mm -hmm. um, you know, be the chaperone, and um, you didn't get called out of dance recitals anymore, you got to be in them at that point. Um, so that was fun. Um, and like, you know, as I didn't even realize like, that it was any different than other people, because like kids, you would come to visit the, the you know, the school and do like a, a talk, like a speech or something. And kids would be like, why does your dad have a limp? And I'd be like, I, he has a limp. I don't, I don't know. And I, I mean, I'd be like, Oh, Oh yeah. He was hit by a car. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Not a big deal. And they're like, what? Oh, yeah. And traumatizing like five-year-olds. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But I didn't even realize that you even had a limp. Like to me, it was just, it was just, you know, it's just what you were. It was just who you were. So to me, it wasn't a big deal. So. Well, I, I appreciate and respect both of you for what you've gone through. And I really appreciate you, all three of you, going through the journey, this journey. It's been a very long journey, but going through this and the, you know, I've gone through eight operations now and, and um, you guys have all been there and supportive through those eight operations. And it, you guys have, are who gave me the strength to overcome those and to move, motivated to move through those and to uh, um, heal up very quickly, uh, like Katie, be able to walk you down the aisle um, to make sure that I did that, uh, to heal up six weeks ahead of time from my <laughs> first knee surgery so that I could do that, and um, to continue to try to heal up quickly so that I could show my daughters and my wife that um, you know people can have the opportunity to overcome obstacles and to move forward. And um, I try not to show my pain uh, when I'm in pain in the days that I am having a bad day uh, and so forth. But uh, I love and respect all of you for being part of my life and through this journey and not not blinking an eye and, and you know, supportive of me and moving me forward in a, in a very positive way and helping motivate me and inspire me to be a better father and to be a better husband and to be a better man. So thank you. I'm oh. not going to cry. Well, we're proud of you for doing it. We're, <laughs> we're proud of you for doing it because I know it's hard and it's okay to be in, it's okay to show your pain too. I think that's important to know. And I think we've, yeah. we've had to tell you that and teach you that. And you You're have, very stubborn. and you have, but you have taken the, you have taken the initiative to have those surgeries so that you can feel better and you can heal and you can go to Disneyland and walk two days in a row the whole entire day. Yeah, we walked. That was nuts. <laughs> we walked a total of fifteen miles in two days. Mm -hmm. And just think, That's a lot. Nikki, do you remember when you pushed me in a wheelchair around the the um, the stadium at Aunt Mary's cancer? Oh yeah, uh, the cancer survival walk. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Remember that? So that's yeah. a long way from you having to push me around the stadium in a wheelchair to walking 14 yeah. miles, 15 miles in two days of Disneyland. Days. So shout out to yep. medical advancements. Shout out to my family for <laughs> helping me get off my butt and move it forward. So I just need to say thank you very much for being part of my family. Uh, thank you very much for choosing me from above when you chose to come into this family. I really appreciate each, both of you. I love both of you. I'm very proud of both of my daughters. I'm proud of you, Caitlin, for what you've achieved and where you're at in life. I'm proud of you, Nicole, for what you've achieved and where you're at in this life. And you both know that I will always, always walk on water for you, walk on glass for you. I will stand in front of danger for you and be there for you at any point in your life that you call and ask. I love you both. I love you too. And thank you also for being, being equally supportive of my husband because he, um, he loves and appreciates you as well because you are equally supportive of him as you are for me. So that's important too. So thank you. Tell Cord, I, I, I appreciate and our, you and our supportive of my future <laughs> husband. <laughs> Wherever he may be. <laughs> we we have faith, Nicole. We have faith. He's out there calling. I appreciate the support. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody out there that's looking for uh, uh, a girlfriend and a, and a wife. And Nicole is like a perfect candidate. Just remember that once a cop, always a cop. Yeah. yeah. And he just ruined it. <laughs> and Nicole, obviously tell Cord that I consider him a son in my life. And I appreciate him as well for what he does and how he takes care of you and for being there for you as well. And Nicole, I will do the same for the husband that comes into your life. So, or whomever, maybe. Whomever it may <laughs> Just be. kidding. Or whoever it may be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an ally. But I mean, don't, husband. you know, leave your options open. Leave your exactly. options open. You never know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, men aren't great. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to make sure that each and every one of you that are listening out there today, thank you for taking the time to be with us on the one more thing before you go over the teacup Sunday. Uh, we appreciate you spending the time with uh, me, my wife, our daughters, my family. Thank our you very tea. much for and tea. Got a oh, tea. I've got water. Well, I've kind of <laughs> drank my tea while we were talking. Um, we want to thank you for for taking the time today. We hope that you and yours are having a wonderful, excellent, outstanding, amazing Father's Day. Uh, whether you're spending it with your father or whether or not you are a father. So, for me. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story. Share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions 
Established 2010. All rights reserved.